0: What's going on, everybody? John Stamper, and welcome to another episode of the Dental Well Learning Series, where I'm spending time with some of our partners and having them share with you the exciting things that they're working on to help dental practices. And today's episode, man, I'm really excited about this, because anytime you can talk about technology and how it is helping practices move forward, it's always exciting, especially post-pandemic. I think as many of you know, a lot of these technologies either existed and or we're coming to the forefront before the pandemic, and now I feel like so much of the practices are embracing what is there, and it's very exciting. So I am very honored to have with me today uh, Kelly Bevington, who is from NDX. She is the Director of Intral or, intro Oral Scanning. How are you doing, Kelly?
1: I'm great, John. Thanks so much for having us this morning. Appreciate it.
0: Absolutely. All right. So uh, you're going to go over three tips when we talk about uh, you know, intraoral scanning and what you're seeing and so on and so forth. But I'd love to have you share with everybody, just set the stage a little bit about yourself, what you do at NDX, and uh, what your background has been in regards to, you know, you, you being so passionate about, you know, this subject.
1: Sure, sure. Happy to. Um, my name is Kelly Bevington. I'm in RDA, EFTA, uh, practice clinically for about 10 years before joining the laboratory, had the honor and pleasure of working in, in really top-notch private practices that ironically had dental labs in the practice. And for me, I thought that was normal, that every dental office had a lab in their practice. Now I know that's not the, not the truth. So I like to say I really been involved in the lab industry and dentistry my entire adult life, wearing multiple hats over those years. But I joined the lab um, gosh, over 20 years ago, and I have worn many hats within the NDX group of laboratories. Most recently, about um, about eight years ago, shifted from uh, marketing and sales capacity to back to clinical when intraoral scanning became a thing, right? They needed... Um, a liaison between intraoral scanning and the laboratory, and and how best can we as a lab ed- help educate our doctors on acquiring the most optimal scans possible. So that's where that was sort of um, created from, and now have the pleasure of managing a team of five across the country, and we offer both virtual. Uh, remote trainings as well as in-office trainings to help our customers. Right, whether it's the first time they're scanning for a crown or a bridge or implants. Implants are huge. Um, just to add a little confidence uh, to the clinician and make certain that they're they've got their workflow down right. Um, and now really exciting moving into removables not just partially edentulous patients but the fully edentulous patient as well and i see that is really being almost a paradigm shift in our industry maybe not tomorrow but within within the next year and a half to 3 years
0: yeah i love that and i love when companies uh i mean companies have seen it forever right this value of bringing in Uh, clinical members, hygienists, dental assistants, doctors, you know, to to be a part of their team, because I I think it is that bridge, as you know, Kelly, that connects these exciting technologies that they're bringing to the market. But in in a real life scenario with with people like yourself that understand what goes on and the day to day of a practice and how you can help. So uh, I think that's super exciting. All right. So before we got started, you and I were talking a little bit about the statistics of adoption. It's very exciting. Uh, it's moving in in the positive direction in regards to the iOS technology and the adoption of it. So let's start there. You know, can you share with everybody what you're seeing, what your team is seeing, you know, whether it be on the restorative side, you know, the patient side for scans and things like that. Where are we with adoption when it comes to this iOS technology?
1: Sure. So as a lab, we monitor um, incoming scans, incoming digital cases every month. And so Consistently, every month they increase, they increase, they increase, and the last I read through the ADA, it was at forty six percent of uh, of their members have intraoral scanners now, and that's that's pretty amazing. I, I really believe that post pandemic, that made that shift sort of became more apparent. There was more of a need for. Um, more immediate submission of the impression it cuts down on the uh, potential for cross-contamination with physical analog impressions and so that's been that's been really exciting to see that transition John
0: yeah and I think the other thing too is um, best practices so as as the teams the dental teams are getting more familiar, with the technologies and 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 they they kind of get through I guess that honeymoon period of the excitement of it, but really how to utilize it in the practice? Can, can you speak to that? Like what you know what you're seeing? How are practices maximizing this technology and use utilizing it for some clinical best practices?
1: Sure, sure. So I think what um, what the doctors have seen and and what we see as a lab it, after they. have Done some restorative cases is the increase in accuracy. So as a lab, we we monitor accuracy sort of by remakes. How many cases do we receive back? And I can tell you that there's a substantial difference between a conventional impression and a digital impression. One could argue that the digital dentist might be a better clinician, but I really don't think that's the case. I think it's the accuracy of the actual digital impression. There's so many variables with a conventional impression with uh, mixing times and and uh, setting times and then transportation temperature and the, um, you know, the, the, the shrinkage of stone when it's being poured. there's just so many variables there. So we see increased accuracy to be a big thing. Um, When you have increased accuracy, it shortens their insertion time. So if the cementation appointment is reduced, then that allows more production time, right? The dentist then has uh, free time to do more actual clinical dentistry. And along with that, uh, transitioning more heavily to digital versus analog, they will see proficiency. And with that proficiency, a reduction in overhead because they won't be purchasing the polyvinyl siloxane material anymore either.
0: Yeah, it's interesting that you bring up the efficiency piece with technology. I wanted to share a story. So years ago... Uh, I would attend, uh, Frank Spear, uh, courses and yeah. I'm somebody that I worked for had a, a, burr kit that had like parallel chamfer burrs that, that he would use. And a couple of weeks after the course, we would have doctors, they would buy that kit and they'd start to use the burrs. And, uh, they would maybe call us, you know, a month after and be like, you know, these burrs, like my preps are not looking like, you know, Dr. Frank Spears, you know, like there might, must be something wrong with the burrs. And I just, that always stuck me, Kelly, because I think you're so right. Like the technologies, a lot of times, like they end up adding advantages that you don't always realize. And many times they come, like you said, in, in, in the sake of efficiency or buying time, or like you said, the material piece that it actually creates space for the clinicians, like you mentioned to, to to do more versus like you said, you know, you know, increasing, you know, the clinical capacity. So I'm just, any thoughts on that you know for for you as a you know as a clinician and in, in your past like just you know again like getting excited about the technology but still you, you you still need to be the the clinician that you are from a craft perspective
1: yeah absolutely i mean there is a slight um there is a slight change for some dentists as far as their preparation goes uh typically with digital impressioning or an intraoral scan the optimal prep is going to be either a shoulder or a chamfer with no sharp line angles. It's very challenging for all intraoral scanners to really see a definitive finish line with a feather edge or knife edge uh, margin that goes subgingively. So in the day of porcelain fused to metal, especially porcelain fused to gold, a metal collar around the PFM was very common. And then you could burnish that gold right into the dentin of the tooth. And so with the shift of materials going towards full contour zirconia, we see a a change in that. And again, the best preparation is going to be a chamfer or a shoulder margin. And And in doing so, um, many doctors will say to me, oh, you know, I don't need to use um, gingival tissue retraction techniques because I keep all of my finish lines supra gingival above the gum line. And although in theory that's great, we don't have control over where the decay goes, right? And so oftentimes the decay is sub-G, And when that happens, it's critically important to use some sort of formal isolation technique. And that could be a multitude of things. That could be laser. It could be retraction paste. Um, For myself, my go-to in my own hands, what I've experienced to work wonderfully is a dual cord technique where I place um, to the exact circumference of the prep, right? So it doesn't overlap. Uh, a triple zero cord first, followed by maybe a number one. Have the patient bite into a compra cap, use a uh, hemostatic agent of some sort. I really like viscostat um, and remove the top cord only, get everything really nice and dry, leaving that first triple zero cord in the sulcus and scan immediately. And we have, um, we have some visuals that we educate doctors on the difference between scanning in five seconds, 10 seconds, and 15 seconds, and what a huge difference there is between that five and 15, because those sulcular fluids um, begin to rise and it contaminates the quality of the scan. So that's, that's a big thing from the restorative aspect that, that we help to educate doctors on and their assistance, right? Because oftentimes in many states, it's the DAs or EFTAs that are conducting that scan as well.
0: Yeah. And also, uh, as you know, this big buzzword in dentistry has been AI. We're going to make a little shift because there's another exciting buzzword in dentistry called digital workflow, uh, which is a lot of what, what, what you all work with at NDX. So Let's go there. Let's talk about digital workflow, like how important it is. And then some of the the advancements that you're seeing in the practice with the when the practices are committing and or setting up a full like digital workflow, you know, for their patients in their practice.
1: Sure. So a digital workflow means different things to different people. Um, For the lab, it's the receipt of the scan. And those scans are typically going to be something that's referred to as an STL file. And that's important that the laboratory receives them in the the proper format. So many different scanners out there have capabilities to merge very nicely with uh, CBCT scans, with their practice management software, some of the scanner software has AI built into it. Some of the scanner software has um, carries detection built into it, and and so there's there's a lot of different variables. But what's most important from a laboratory's perspective, especially when working with implant cases, is that we we have access to that CBCT scan, especially if we're going to be um, designing a surgical guide, um, as well as when they're, they're ready to do the restorative part of the scan, there's something called a scan body that is used in lieu of a traditional impression post that they're accustomed to. So that scan body is critically important that it is ordered off of the manufacturer and platform size diameter size of the implant that's in the bone right so the scan body is ordered from there it must be positioned properly you you should take a radiograph to confirm that it is seated accurately before taking that scan and and i had a case just last week where the dentist thought she was scanning it appropriately, but she did not take a radiograph and upon further investigation and confirmation with the oral surgeon, um, the the screw uh, the threads were were actually um, inaccurate so they they had been stripped and it you know it, it affects a workflow because she thought she had done it correctly but there was no verification involved. So that verification component is really important as well.
0: And then Kelly, for the practices that you all work with, those that are really taking advantage of this technology, and like you mentioned, the digital workflow, and and in implementing the iOS, you know, scanner technology in there, what are some of the things that you're hearing? Like some real success stories of like where they've been able to take their practice, their patient care, all of that.
1: Yeah, where I see the greatest success in integration and adoption of the technology are the offices that maybe when they purchased it, they thought it was only going to be for clear aligner therapy, or they were only going to be doing implant cases. Um, And the ones that have really, really shifted their whole practice is... The practices that are now scanning everybody, so they're scanning hygiene patients, and it starts it it starts slowly, right? Because you only have one scanner. You might have be running, you know, two doctor columns and three hygiene columns. Um, so it takes planning to to get it into a flow. But if you can imagine integrating the technology as part of your new patient records. So a, a new patient comes into a practice um and that's part of their internal workflow is including a digital scan of every patient along with radiographs along with perio probing along with with the complete oral health um, examination. And where we're finding that huge difference and I I like to tell a story about my husband um, is post-pandemic, he wanted to shift to a dentist that was closer to where he worked. And so he did. And he this particular practice uh, utilizes this, this workflow with their digital scanning. The hygienist um, scanned him. He had his hygiene appointment. The doctor comes in, does the exam, and shows him the scan of, of himself. So forever, we've been showing patients x-rays. You know, the the lay person really doesn't understand what an x-ray is of their teeth. You know, they're just looking at gray and black little blobs, and they really don't understand what it is. Or maybe we would show them an intraoral scan. And so you've got, you know, one tooth on the screen that you're trying to show the patient, and they're like, I I I don't know what's back, what's front, what's tongue side, you know. With an intraoral scan, you're able to show the patient their maxillary and mandibular arches individually, together, and in occlusion, and that's so impactful. And it's on a large screen, right? It's a it's a 20 inch screen, and so the patient can actually be like, "Oh, okay, it's it's this tooth," and so uh, the dentist says to my husband, "You know, there there's a tooth here," and he calls attention to it. You can see the gray. That's an old amalgam filling. Do you see that black line through the middle? That's a fracture. And so we're concerned about that fracture, um, that it's separating your tooth. And we're going to recommend a crown for that to hold, you know, to protect and hold that tooth together. And my husband's comment was, huh, you know, my old dentist has been telling me for a couple years I needed a crown on that tooth. But I was always sort of like, if it's not broke." why fix it? And I didn't understand that it had a crack through the middle of it. And so he scheduled treatment the next day. That's the kind of impact that you can use this technology as a patient education tool um, to really explain the dentistry that you are treatment planning. And those are the practices that we're seeing just huge success with. And and then they end up purchasing additional scanners to help support that effort uh, across their their whole
0: practice. I am so glad that you brought that up. How many courses, Kelly, over the years did you sit in as a dental assistant or with your doctor where it was? things that you could learn how to say to move the patient forward or to get better case acceptance. And then here we are in 2023 and these visual (laughs) tools, these technologies are telling the story that are helping, right? It's helping the patients as you were going through that. I was thinking about my own situation a couple months where that was the exact same process. The hygienist did such a great job of showing me everything that was going on and visually it was so impactful that it, I don't want to say it doesn't matter what you say as the clinician, but you know a picture is a thousand words, and I always like to use the analogy, especially when we're talking about AI, of when we get our our cars fixed. Like for the years I've been, you know, having this analogy between dentistry and 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 getting our cars worked on, and people are like, John, where are you going with that? But I'm like, if you think about it, if you don't trust your mechanic and you don't know like what it looks like underneath the engine, and they tell you that you need to get this or you need to get that. You're, you're making that decision just based on trust, based on trust that you've been going there, that they're going to do the right things for you. And as you know, Kelly, for so many years, if a patient is new in a practice or they're still building that trust with the practice, they don't necessarily know if what the practice is saying is true. But when you implement these newer technologies, and like you said, you visually show them. It's amazing how much more dentistry I know that we're going to get done. And, and so I'm so glad that you brought that up. It's such such a great story, and I'm sure from your perspective as a clinician, what is that like now to finally now have more of those stories versus this? This it was just it was I always felt bad a lot of times for the, cl- the clinical teams because you had to you had to wordsmith how were you going to say it? How are you going to get the patient
1: to take yeah, this? Bad news or something, right? Exactly. Yeah. Or my well, last dentist never told me that. Why? 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 Show me. So now
0: we can show them,
1: right? Yeah. And that. That
0: makes a tremendous difference. It really does. Absolutely. Well, as we close out, first of all, I just want to thank you for taking the time. This has been super educational. And again, I know for all of our audience, uh, you know, we want this Dental Well Learning Series to be a combination of education combined together with the technologies of the partners that we work with. I know that our Dental Well members, you know, love utilizing NDX and it's been a great partnership uh, as they continue to, you know, work with work with all of you. Could you just share a little bit more, you know, about, you know, NDX and, and some of the exciting things that you are all doing um, as we wrap?
1: Yeah, of course. Happy to. And and we feel the same way, John. It's been a pleasure working with your members, um, getting new uh, intraoral scanner purchasers up to speed, getting them all connected, um, being with them when they're doing their first case. And sometimes that's virtually and sometimes it's in, in office. Uh, we really appreciate the opportunity to be able to go in chairside with customers and scanning that first case right and and just being um you know being a, a coach sort of behind the scenes and sharing our experiences so that they don't have to go through unnecessary errors and can can learn from our experiences um especially when it comes to more complicated cases like like implants or scanning dentures for the first time it's it's not always easy right it's it's um there's a learning curve for some people and uh, we look at ourselves as being able to help reduce the learning curve for your members as well
0: well we appreciate it and and that that uh, I had one more thought on that when you were talking about um, utilizing the technology, I feel like this educational piece moving forward for the clinical teams, is going to be crucial as well for them to know and understand showing the technology to the patient is one thing, but like you mentioned, Kelly, them understanding how to present that to the patient. And I know that's a lot of work that you and your teams do, which is educating those offices that are using the technology. And that that's a big, big deal because it's one thing to get it in the practice. It's a whole other thing on how to utilize it uh, the right way. So listen, thank you so much. Really appreciate this partnership, you. your time, everything that you're doing at NDX. And for those of you that are watching, all the information about those that are dental whale members and how to take advantage of the great uh, things that NDX is doing for you, you know, please reach out. And then of course, if you're not a dental whale member and you'd love to learn how NDX is helping our dental whale members, please uh, reach out at dentalwhale.com. So Kelly, thanks so much. And we'll talk to you soon. All right. Take care. Bye, John. Yep. Bye-bye.